Our supplies will be gone certainly within a month, probably within two weeks. And the reality is I question when in the world we'll be able to restock. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, thank you so much. How would you like to hear about trends in the preparedness industry? How about hearing a fresh perspective on current events? Well, we got you. Our guest is Daniel Brigman, CEO of Numana Foods, who's a major player in the freeze-dried food industry. Don't worry, guys. This is not an infomercial for Numana. He's going to talk about trends in general, both in the food industry and in current events. And because he's a keen observer with insights, I think you'll find interesting and useful. Shelby has a message for you. What's this sound? Is Glenn? that a sound effect that Madge, our producer, added? Possibly, no. because Maybe. this may not be super great. But what are you <laughs> hearing, Glenn? What is that? Well, it sounds like ice cubes are in something. It's an iced beverage. What kind well, of beverage? What goes really good over ice? Uh, gin and tonic. Well, that's Saturday morning. That yeah, doesn't happen. Do no. That. Honestly, Minutemen Coffee. Which is what Shelby is powered by. Mm-hmm. Minuteman Coffee is a great supporter of Prepping 2.0. Cannot stress enough how awesome their coffee is. They are the exclusive roasters of our I Miss America blend. They are unabashedly pro-American, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Constitution. In fact, with every order, you're going to get a copy of the Constitution. We Which are, we all need right we now. We are so excited that they support us and we support them. Encourage you to check out their awesome coffee at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates and you'll find an awesome coupon code. I wanted folks to know that we have something special for Patreons. We have a Patreon barbecue on September 4th. This is our way of thanking Patreons for making this show possible. And we are showing our homestead in progress. I emphasize the in progress part. We never want to come across like we're all perfect and we have it made and you need to strive to our standards. We're like you. We're doing the best we can to bulk up our preps and our homesteading status. Uh, Details will be in a Patreon post and an email to Patreons. So you might want to consider that. Oh, we might chat about it in the after show today. So be sure to listen if you're a Patreon. Lurkers. Time to come out of the shadows. What do we mean by that? Lurkers are folks that listen to the regular show, both on a podcast or YouTube or Rumble or the radio. But you're not Patreons, so you're not getting the awesome after show and all the other stuff that comes with it, the video bonus shows. A lot of you have been coming out of the shadows in the past few weeks. And so thank you very much to all our new Patreons. We appreciate that. It's two bucks a month um, for the basic level and five bucks a month and higher for the level that gets you VBSs. Plus you get our hilarious outtakes. Let's get into it. Well, Daniel Brigman knows a thing or two about trends in the preparedness industry, and he's a noted commentator on current events. This is actually his second appearance on the show. His first appearance was way back on episode 55 on November 13th, 2019. Back before COVID. Yeah, back in the glory days. Uh, uh, the Trump presidency, his first impeachment. Oh gosh, that's back in the so good old long days ago. When yes. nine millimeter was 12 cents around, <laughs> you know, the good old days. Um, so Shelby, why don't you... Uh, introduce our guest and say hello. So Daniel, thanks for joining us. And we need to do this more often than every three years. So (laughs) uh, tell folks a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, like you said, uh, our family, I don't know if you knew, our family started Numana Foods uh, about 11 years ago. And uh, we've been doing that ever since. And uh, also, you know, I've been a radio show host uh, for a few years. I've had Glenn on a couple times. I'm not doing radio currently, and uh, we're just, you know, trying to nurture our children into adulthood in this crazy world, and uh, like, I like what you said, just trying to do the best, just like everybody else is. I, um, you know, I've made a lot of contacts, a lot of, uh, have a lot of perspective on probably what we're going to discuss, and I'm ready to share it and have a discussion and learn from you guys, and, and we'll just go forward. Well, that's great. So tell us, let's get to the question I think most people are, are initially interested in. Once they get to know you, they're going to be interested in everything else you have to say. What kind of challenges are freeze-dried food manufacturers facing right now? 
you know, I use a kind of a little metaphor. Imagine a rubber band. You put rubber bands to secure things, and you and you know those big thick rubber bands. You know, you use to really secure a lot of papers or a big box or something really thick. The things like you know, three quarters of an inch thick, like rolls of hundred dollar uh, bills. Like, oh no, yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like where your mind's going. <laughs> so imagine that rubber band. Well, that was the supply chain, you know, five years ago. Everything's thick. It's secure. If the rubber band frayed a little bit, there's still a lot of rubber band there. Everything is good, secure. You can get what you want, blah, blah, blah. And you saw that as a consumer when you went to the store just in time shipping worked. Everything was there. Uh, pretty much whatever I want. If I have the money for it, pretty much in America, I could get it. Well, you know, fast forward to about uh, two years ago, that rubber band began to get thinner and thinner. And at the store, imagine an iceberg. You see the tip of the iceberg when you're at the store. So if the supply chain is an iceberg, to continue with weird uh, metaphors, uh, you only see the tip of the iceberg at the stores. So when you see something like, hey, there's no toilet paper, hey, uh, there's no meat, or there's little meat, or there's little meat selection, or my favorite uh, type of chicken that I want is not there, but other things are there. Okay, there's a real problem in the big iceberg that's below to where that tip of the iceberg is showing problems. That's what I, really what I want people to understand. So our supply chain as it is, that rubber band that used to be, you know, three quarters inch thick, nice, really hold a lot of things and a, everything that you need is really thin now. And specifically in our industry, in the storable food, um, you know, say we're making a recipe like pasta primavera or what, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is. Well, there's, you know, there might be, eight or 10 ingredients in that. So when one of those ingredients is hard to get, so say five years ago or three years ago, we may have had four good suppliers of a non-GMO or organic option for this one ingredient. We're talking one ingredient. Today, we might have one or two suppliers. And if you've been paying attention to the news with the different um, uh, the, the uh, food processing plants that have gone offline for whatever reason. I mean, we can, that's a whole nother story, but I, I can tell you definitely, I haven't counted all 116 supposedly that the news claims, but I can tell you food processing is diminishing. Food processing is going offline from our direct perspective. I'm not speculating on that a hundred percent. So now maybe there's one supply, maybe there is one supplier for this one ingredient we need for this recipe. Well, what happens if they have a fire? What happens if they're, you know, you know, blah, 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 insert here. Well, we have a lot of delays and also the pressure on them. There's a lot of people trying to buy from them now. So normally if it took, you know, I don't know, three weeks, to do a complete run from start to finish, from ordering, receiving, manufacturing, whatever, uh, putting the recipes together. Now it's going to take three months, hmm. or we got to wait. We just hope we cross our fingers that it comes. That's the reality of what I'm doing from a bit from a business standpoint. Now that's that. Nothing I told you is speculation. Nothing I told you is, uh, you know, hyperbole. Or I'm just telling you straight what I'm dealing with. Now, if I was going to project a little bit, if I was going to take, you know, my experience and my knowledge, what we're doing, what we believe, we feel we need to get ahead of this and we feel that we need to stock up. We feel that we need to bolster our supplies because it's a very tenuous situation. I've talked to my buyers. I've talked to, you know, the different, even getting a plastic bucket that they go in, the nice buckets with the handles that stack well that interlock and stuff, you know, sometimes we can't even get the buckets, ladies and gentlemen. So we've made a concerted effort. We must, a preparedness industry must prepare better to take that for what it's worth. But in doing that, 
what we have found is we're not able to. We cannot stay ahead of the curve enough to get ahead. And what does that mean? The reality is, and and uh, the first instance of COVID made this abundantly clear. Whatever stock we have, and we have a decent supply. It's not, and by no means, it's where I want it to be. But we have a decent supply. A lot of other companies, you know, because we at least thought Ford some other time, uh, we are ahead of some of where they are. But we have a decent supply. But the reality is if there's anything like the pandemic happened again, anything like that, our supplies will be gone certainly within a month, probably within two weeks. And the reality is I question when in the world we'll be able to restock because imagine it's a, it's, it's a huge body blow COVID has been an absolute huge body blow to the supply chain of the United States and specifically the food industry. And that body blow has weakened us. And so the next hit that comes, we're already weakened. It might be the knockout punch. I, now this is me speculating. I don't know that. I'm speculating that. And it certainly is in the realm of possibility. That's what I would say. So there, there, there's my, uh, Reader's Digest version of where we are. That is amazing. You know, the irony in all of this is that freeze-dried food is for preparedness, mostly, although you can eat it on a regular basis. Um, we've had new mana and it's delicious and you can eat it on a regular basis, but it's primarily designed to be a preparedness food when the supply chains are disrupted. The irony is that some folks listening to this show and lots of people in America are maybe putting off getting freeze-dried food. And we're not just saying Numata. I mean, get freeze-dried food. You know, uh, this is not a commercial. But they're putting off getting freeze-dried food because they just assume that the supply chain will be there, that they can go onto your website or any other website and clickety-clack, hit the keyboard, and all of a sudden stuff will just magically appear and it'll be at the price they remember three years ago when they started thinking about getting freeze-dried food but never got around to it. The irony that the preparedness industry is being hobbled by the very things that you're preparing against. What do you think about that irony? I think that's completely accurate. Uh, I think it's, um, it's very, it's, it occupies a lot of my, my brain power. Let me tell you, <laughs> I would hope because, so. <laughs> because it, uh, uh, what you said is a hundred percent true. There's an illusion that people think, Oh, when I need it, I can get it. And well, let me tell you, that's that's not reality. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's just not reality. It won't be reality. You'll, I promise you. At least at our company, I'm sure, you know, all these companies or most of them or you know, virtually all of them are going to be the same. If something happens like COVID again, with lockdowns, whatever, there will be no supply within within days, within days. Wow. Let that sink in just a moment. So from your vantage point, Daniel, let me ask you this. Um, what are the causes? I mean, there's supply chain, there's this, there's that, I, and there's COVID. What happened? What caught, what, what the heck? What are your thoughts from where, you, from where you're sitting, you know, as a person, um, you know, in charge of Numana Foods? Well, I kind of alluded to it. If you're just talking about Numana from our perspective, it's, you know, like I said, we, we can have a recipe and, you know, maybe seven out of the eight things or seven of the nine things, the ingredients that go in there, we can get fairly regularly. It's not too much of a problem cost. It definitely costs more, but it's not, you know, we can get it. And then there's the one or two things, you know, imagine making uh you know, recipe at home. Imagine making cookies without, you know, baking soda or baking powder or, or sugar. You know, so, so you can't make cookies. If you don't have the sugar, you can't, it's really hard to make the cookies. You can try to find a substitute, but it's not the same cookies that grandma used to make. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's the biggest problem is those one or two ingredients or three or four, and it, and it comes in waves. It's unpredictable. It's, it's, 
you, you know, in a business like this, you try to predict things, you try to plan for things. Well, I'm, you know, and like you said, the irony in the preparedness industry, it, you're trying to prepare and you can't, that's the irony. I, I'm whatever I'm going through. I don't want you who's listening. I don't want you to be going through the same things that we go through to do this for us. Um, you know, if we, if you had to translate that to your level, if this ever hit down to your level, the, the underlying iceberg now, now we're back to the iceberg. If this ever pushes back up above sea level to the tip again, you're going to have a real problem. And whether you buy new man of food, whether you buy, you know, every time you go to the grocery store thing, you know, if you buy two cans of tuna fish every week, I'm just using that as an example, we'll buy four next week. Or if you buy one bag of rice, usually we'll buy two. Just start doing something. And uh, we, I, I firmly believe that a, uh, you know, complete look at it, not, you don't have to be overwhelmed. You don't have to be crazy about this. Long-term storable food like Numana is a key part of those plans, a very key part that I think people, and not your audience, but I think people in general underestimate. And uh, But also they underestimate, hey, I can buy a bag of rice now. Maybe I should buy two bags of rice. Don't underestimate that either, ladies and gentlemen. Water, yeah. think about your water. You know, these kind of things. All these things are so important. So what is driving it? What? How did COVID turn into this massive problem? That's a that's probably a five hour discussion, but basically, <laughs> well, we don't have that long. But Glenn has a question. Yeah, I I oh, wanted to to um, share an experience that I had about freeze dried food in general. Again, brands don't matter here with what the, with the point I'm about to make, and that is I was always hesitant to get that first package of freeze dried food because it seemed to me, and you could go ahead and laugh if you want. I'm sure you hear this all the time. Freeze dried food. That's for backpackers and astronauts, right? That's not like <laughs> something you normally do, given that I'm not a backpacker or an astronaut. I think we've established I'm not an astronaut. Uh, I'm not good at math. That's by not what way. your wife said. <laughs> wow. She's, she's delusional. She, but, you know, you have to be an astronaut to, to try freeze-dried food. And the other thing is there are so many myths out there that uh, pre prepared freeze-dried food, as opposed to the stuff you make at home with a, with a harvest right food uh, freeze dryer, but that prepared freeze dried food is um, it's going to taste bad, right? There are all these myths. It's kind of like, you know, what? now that I think about it, I always figure stuff out as I talk, not as I listen to people, which is a terrible trait, but it's true. Um, these are a lot of the same myths about MREs. And once you try an MRE, you say, this isn't awful. And this is actually well thought out. So, you know, walk walk us through for for the folks out there that have never tried freeze dried food. You know what some of the myths are and why some of those myths are wrong. Well, I think you hit on them. You know, why am I buying? Why am I eating food in a bag when I can go to Walmart and get whatever I want right now? So that you know, why it's just so foreign to our typical way of life. Um, if anybody, if you really knew me personally. Uh, if the audience really knew me personally, they would know uh, I'm a tall guy. I'm a big guy. I like to eat. So the reason that Numana started, there were probably three or four reasons. One of those reasons was I was unhappy with what was already on the market. So I had tried some other companies and just tasting it. I kind of felt like some of those myths were true, yeah. you know, not, not terrible. You know, it wasn't terrible. I could eat, especially if I, you know, if I'm starving, of course, but I, my vision, my family's vision was, well, why can't we make something that I wouldn't mind eating tomorrow or my, ch especially my children, specifically children, children are some of the hardest uh, to deal with on preparedness because, you know, if they don't want to eat, sometimes they just won't eat. I, it doesn't matter what you do. So, if it doesn't taste good, you're, you're going to have a hard time. I, I don't care if it's next Tuesday or, you know, in an emergency, uh, that's the way children are. So my vision was everything that we made, I wanted to make sure I liked it, that I thought it was good. Now, some obviously taste is a preference, the individual uh, subjective thing. And some things I like better than others, but I, that was the goal. 
I wanted to make food that tasted good that I could eat tomorrow that my children would eat. And that was, that was what we set out to do. And I think that we've done that. Uh, I think our food is, uh, tastes good. My children could eat it tomorrow. And sometimes we do every once in a while we rotate and we, we eat some and they like it. They're, they're great with it. And so that's one of the things I'm most proud of. So, uh, certainly in our case, and there's other companies that have, have uh, taken that challenge, but I think that we're, I think that's one of the things we're known for to be at the forefront of that idea of, Hey, the food needs to taste good. Why, why suffer? If you're in an, you're, you're making a purchasing decision. Now we don't want you to then an emergency situation, regret your purchasing, this purchasing decision <laughs> you made. Now we want you to be happy with it. So I think, I think there's some legitimacy to that myth. I think it's changed over the last 10, 11 years. I think, honestly, you know, if I was going to pat ourselves on the back a little bit, I would say that our company was probably one of the pioneers in kind of pushing that myth aside and saying, hey, no, you got to step up your game. Well, I can tell you that the real pal from the real team from the 299 Days book series loves your mac and cheese. He said it's the best mac and cheese he's ever had. And everyone thinks, oh, he's Korean. He must eat kimchi all the time. Nope, fried chicken and mac and cheese. Because no matter where you came from in the world, when you come to America, you love fried chicken and mac and cheese. Um, you know, I wanted to also ask you about this. Um, well, actually, I wanted to mention something to the listeners who have not tried freeze-dried food. I would say to you guys, and we have about a minute or two before the break, Dear listener who's never tried freeze-dried food, forget what brand, doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. Given that you're a prepper because you're listening to this show, and given that you have at some level accepted the fact that normalcy bias is a real problem, and in some cases, normalcy bias can get you killed, please, listener, lose your normalcy bias that freeze-dried food is for astronauts because it's not, and try some. And now you're going to open your mind and you're going to say, you know what? There's nothing big and scary about freeze dried food. It's not some weird thing. Um, and then you're going to be open to it. Mm -hmm. And once, and that's the thing about preparedness. And I'm sure you can agree with this, Daniel, that once you open your mind to things like there could be supply chain disruptions and freeze dried food, isn't some weird exotic thing. Once you open your mind, all the details flow out, all the, all the stuff that makes sense you're just going to do because your mind's open to the idea and your brain works on the problem and it comes up and it says, oh yeah, I should probably have some freeze-dried food. I think Shelby has some announcements to make. We have to jump into the break here. As always, I feel like we just got started, but don't yeah. go away, folks. We've got lots more we're going to get his take about. on the FBI raid in the second oh, segment. Oh my, yeah. That's going to that be a be barn a light burner. Topic. Yes. Yeah. So, big shout out and thanks to our great supporters, our great sponsors. Uh, you can find all of our sponsors over at the friends and affiliates tab of our website prepping2-0.com and I do believe Numana's over there I, well I know they are um, but others over there Jared Savick and Lizzie McDaniel both great realtors in Tennessee and Montana respectively you can find them at redstate-realtors.com Katie Armour Backwoods Home Magazine My Kind CBD and EMP Shield and don't forget really important over there too is Numana Foods folks don't go away we got so much more to talk about on the other side of the break more prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping one of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. 
love America and a great cup of coffee? At Minutemen Coffee, we're passionate about our freedom, liberty, and exceptional coffee. Minutemen Coffee is a nationally recognized specialty coffee roaster, offering small batch roasted coffee for the people. Our heritage line is something for everyone, featuring dark, medium, and light roasts that are bold but not bitter and offered in whole bean, drip, and K-pods. Our liberal tears decaf also packs bold flavor for those who want delicious, satisfying coffee any time of the day. Plus, a portion of Minutemen Coffee sales goes to first responders and veteran-focused charities. And check out our coffee club for free shipping, 15% off, and the freedom to choose your roast grind quantity and how often you want it delivered. Shop online at MinutemenCoffee.com and use promo code FREEDOM at checkout for 15% off your first order. And have the freshest, most delicious coffee in the country delivered right to your door. Go to MinutemenCoffee.com. That's MinutemenCoffee.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We're learning a ton from Daniel at Numana Foods. I've had a little too much caffeine. I can feel it. I thought there was never enough. Oh, my gosh. Never too much Nope, there never is, but I'm feeling it. Anyway, as usual, this segment will end just as we get going, but Patreon supporters will be able to hear a whole lot more show and what we call the after show. But first, Glenn, would you like to tell uh, folks about a conversation you had recently? Yeah, last week I mentioned, and this is uh, for U.S. Law Shield, which is self-defense concealed carry insurance for about 100 bucks a year. I told the story about some people I know. They're not actually clients of mine because I'm a lawyer. We have so many new listeners. I need to say that for context. It explains why we'd be having this conversation with this person. Um, I'm not their lawyer because I don't do criminal defense, but they basically have a completely deranged drug addict neighbor who apparently is an informant who is being protected by the local police. And the deranged neighbor is doing all kinds of crazy threatening things, including making false police reports against these completely decent salt of the earth people. And I said to him, I can't help you legally because I don't do criminal law, but here's how I can help you. And I gave him the website for US Law Shield, not the one with the coupon code, so we don't get any credit for it. I wasn't trying to do that. I, I realized that a guy in this situation needs to have, his whole family needs to have, self-defense insurance. U.S. Law Shield has a team of amazing lawyers. They're they're actually really good criminal defense, self-defense attorneys. They're not 
a bunch of schmoes out of the yellow pages. And for the, our younger listeners, yellow pages were these pieces of paper that were yellow that had phone numbers in them. So anyway, but um, and I thought and I bring this up because the reaction to that has been amazing. Got a lot of emails and a lot of messages. A lot of people said, now I get it. It's not that I'm walking down a dangerous alley in Portland, Oregon. That's not your only threat. It can be an insane neighbor who happens to be a protected drug informant. Those are the kinds of threats we face. And by the way, this is in a red state. It, bad things don't just happen in blue states. If you're in a red state, you need to have U.S. Law Shield concealed carry insurance. So I wanted to let folks know um, that the reaction has been strong. And thank you very much. I hope I've encouraged some folks, even without our coupon code, I've encouraged folks to get yep. this insurance protection. So, Daniel, um, we were talking between the break, which is always where a good conversation happens. I want to kind of move over a little bit to politics a little bit, because as much as I try to stay away from politics, politics are approaching me pretty <laughs> fast these days. And I can't help but remember the last time we spoke to you in 2019, in the good old days, <laughs> was when the first attempt to impeach Trump was happening, the trials, the banana court was happening then. And here we are this week after the Mar-a-Lago raid by the FBI on Trump's personal property. And his wife's underwear drawer, wife's which is underwear creepy drawer, Because weird. that's a good place to keep, I don't know. Boxes of, of documents, nuclear whatever. weapons records. Yeah, I have. Anyway, so made up. So here we are. And the attack on Trump continues, whether you like him or not, to absolutely excoriate um, a potential political opponent in the 2024 election is what I think is going on. But I would love to. And and I know you're you, you know how to chomping comment at the bit. So, Do you hear that sound chomping? Yeah. Chomping at the bit. What are your thoughts on, on this big pile of mess? Well, let's go back to, you know, the first impeachment. I think everybody agrees that the first amendment is pretty much universally understood. The first impeachment was all the whole case. The whole FISA reports, reports were or FISA warrants. The uh, applications were falsified. The war, the uh, dossier, the steel dossier is a complete fabrication or, you know, the, the significant parts of it that matter to this uh to this topic are complete fabrication. It was uh, an effort collusion with many political hacks and, and uh, political enemies of Donald Trump. That's obvious. I, I think that's an established fact at this point. Because of that, the confidence in the Department of Justice, no matter where you lean or where you go politically, has to be shaken. I mean, we've never, just that fact alone, to see a president so attacked like that on such a false, blatantly false premise, and literally nothing has occurred to anybody involved in it, um, that makes you suspicious. And so now fast forward to, you know, just last week or this week, and now we're seeing the FBI for the first time ever raiding a former president's home. Uh, Nixon was not raided. Bill Clinton at the height of Monica Lewinsky days was not raided. Uh, other presidents, uh, you know, Barack Obama for seemingly similar type of activity of taking documents, having documents from the white house, even to much more degree was not even questioned. You know, I don't even know if he's questioned about it, and yet now we're raiding Donald Trump's home when they've already been to his home. Uh, it's been reported that the FBI said, well, we just want these more secure. Let's have them locked up. They inspected the, the lock. I mean, that's what's being reported. And now they raid him for, you know, you can't help but think that there's some political motive behind it. I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody cannot believe that. Or your first instinct with everything we've seen, the, the trust in the Department of Justice and the FBI, we've seen that the FBI come after mothers in PTA meetings for being upset about what's being taught to their children and calling them domestic terrorists. Again, not speculation. So my level of trust for the FBI, speaking of myself, is down. <laughs> and so for me, I'm going to be... Uh, suspicious of everything they do like this 
until I see otherwise. I mean, it's just that simple. I will not believe the FBI or the Department of Justice on something like this until you'd almost have to show me proof positive. Uh, You know, I'd almost have to see the murder uh, happening right before my eyes before I believe it at this point because they've been so derelict and so political and so uh, just lawless in so many ways over the past two, three, four, five years. So that's that's my initial thought. I, I don't know how deep you want to go with this. I mean, I can go deeper, but that's my initial thought. Yeah, no, feel free to go as deep as you want. And before you do, I have uh, an observation. Again, I've never been, you know, White House counsel, but I'm a lawyer and I've worked around and in government and I understand some things, not at the presidential level. But I think it's important for people to know that a sitting president has dozens of lawyers, especially Trump, who could pay for his own. He had outside counsel because he didn't trust the deep state. And you can see why. Even when you're a former president, a guy like Trump has got to have dozens of lawyers. And the moral of this story isn't lawyers are awesome and save the day, but it's an important fact to remember. I'm virtually certain that absolutely every document that Trump had, a lawyer and probably two double checked and made sure that those things were not classified because it would be so easy for the Biden administration to nail Trump for having classified documents if they were indeed classified. In other words, Trump has the resources and definitely has the motive to make absolutely sure that every piece of paper he had, and I find it weird, by the way, that they're carting off boxes of paper documents. I would think everything would be electronic, but whatever. That Trump, I, I can just imagine, I have to bet that Trump made sure every single one of those things were declassified. There's a news report that came out this morning that there was a standing order, as how it was described, yep. from the president when he was the president, uh, President Trump that said basically anything he has is declassified, which would be an obvious thing you would do and your lawyers would tell you to do in a situation like this. The other thing is, is that the topic of not illegally having classified documents is one of the major topics of White House lawyers. It's a big topic. It's it's not some afterthought. And so a lot of people and I'm no spy. I've never had access to classified documents. Uh, I have friends that have, and I talked to them this morning and getting ready for the show. Um, it's not as if possession of classified documents is a small legal matter. It is something that is thoroughly vetted. And I just wanted to to add that as a little bit of insight into something that indicates that this cannot possibly be that. I mean, what does Trump do? What does he 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 go to the White House copy room and say, uh, Hey, I want all those secret files uh, and run them through the copy machine. I mean, does anybody believe this? Anyway, I'm curious for more of your thoughts. Well, Shelby actually has something. Well, and along those lines, too, and I absolutely 100% agree with both of you. This is going to just be another deep dive into trying to marginalize and, um, uh, you know, shear off at the knees Donald Trump because he is a threat to the deep state and to the progressives. Thank God. How does, yeah, how did, well, thank God. And the reason why I want to say thank God is because, folks, he is the barrier between us and tyranny at this point. Mm-hmm. He really is. Um, and what does that tyranny look like? Well, we've seen it and, and how this was conducted. Right now, the federal government, in my eyes, has 100% eyes focused on this issue. They don't have their eyes focused on China. Russia, the border, the border, supply chains, uh, boats sitting out with food and and uh, shipping. uh, They're they're working real hard at trying to get farmers to not farm and ranchers to not ranch and to cut off our food supply. That's what our government is doing right now behind the scenes. But they're also working really hard at ignoring the huge problems that we as preppers are facing. Food costs, all the things that we talked about in the first half are huge issues right now. Excuse me, I knew I was going to do that. And yet this is what is in our headline. So I'm going to just step back and let you discuss. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you bring it because I'm glad that you're an attorney because. No one's ever said that before to me. No one has ever said that. (laughs) I love it. Please say it again. We'll we'll play it back on the tape. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Get it on the remix. You'll make a remix of it. Um, the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, from my research, and you kind of alluded to this, but let's be clear to the audience. 
Donald Trump is the executive of the United States. He is the president of the United States. He can pretty much at any time declassify anything he wants. Is that true? That is Isn't absolutely that true? true. And the vice president even has some of those powers. Yes. And they're wide open. Oh. There are no there are no sideboards on the power to declassify. Right. I mean, I had this I had this discussion with some of my family members at a recent family reunion. And, uh, you know, they were talking about this and my they didn't believe me. And my question then was, well, if he can't make the decision, who does? Yeah. So who does make decisions? So he's the elected president of the United States. He is the representation of the people. And I think that is a microcosm so much of where we are in this country and the problems. Look, he's the representation of the people. And then you have this massive bureaucracy that is not the elected representative of the people that keeps trying to usurp power from the people, from its elected officials, no matter what, whether you agree, Biden, Obama, or Trump, they, these people are elected by the United States, you know, allegedly. <laughs> by the way, yeah. we'll go there. But uh, these people are elected by this country. They're elected by you. So they represent you. If the first three words of the Constitution are we the people, then shouldn't our representatives be making this decision? So I'm sure the reason I'm belaboring this issue, I am sure that this point is going to be fodder on every talking show, fodder on every newscast, fodder, fodder on every uh, newspaper. There'll be this issue about classified, not classified, what you do with da 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 He was the president of the United States. He has the obligation to declassify anything that he sees fit at any time, period. This is very important. So as this discussion gets further, then that begs the question, well, what really were they looking for? You know, now I'm going to speculate a little bit, right? So what really were they looking for? Uh, they're not looking for some document that he was, oh, he wasn't supposed to take uh, the minutes from some uh, meeting that uh, was supposed to be classified. They're not looking for that because they're not that, I don't think they're that stupid. I think they're looking for optics. I think they're looking for anything that they can, um, get him on. They took a bunch of boxes. Who knows what were, were in those boxes or not in those boxes. Exactly. You know, obviously why didn't they go through the specific boxes? If they're supposedly looking for a specific document, why don't they rifle through the, the, the pages and find it? I don't know. You know, I, if this is so important, if this is so vital to national security, um, you know, this so smacks of a banana Republic of a sitting president or sitting power or whatever going after their political opponent. Classic. And, you know, 30% of this country, 40% of this country, they're going to be just, they're going to be so adamant the other way that this is the Trump needs this Trump needs to be executed for treason, just like the Rosenbergs in the fifties. And this is the most awful thing we've ever seen and blah, blah. You're going to hear that. And, and they're not going to get off this opinion no matter what. And I think it, this whole incident underscores the divided nature of our country and how divided ideologically we are, not just politically, but just common sense to me. To me, this, this is a no brainer. You know, I don't, I went into this. I don't trust the DOJ. They don't get the benefit of the trust and the benefit of the doubt from me. Or why, why would they? And so to me, any logical person, they would be skeptical of anything they're doing against Donald Trump at this point. Maybe, okay. Maybe it's true what they're going to say. Maybe, maybe it is. But you're sure going to have to prove it to me ideologically. And if they keep pursuing um, charges against him, uh, indictments against him, arresting him possibly, you know, fill in the blank, if they keep pursuing that, all they're going to do is enrage, you know, 25 to 40% of America, enrage them. I mean, can you imagine if they hauled uh, Donald Trump in handcuffs out tomorrow? because they said he had classified documents when he can declassify anything and has a standing order of declassification. Can you imagine what 25 to, like I said, 40% of the population is going to feel? I mean, you talk about getting, I mean, I mean that, if you want to talk extreme, 
Now you're talking about an environment ripe for some type of uh, violence. Which is what now they want. You're t- yeah, which is, I was just about to go there, mm-hmm. which is probably what we've seen. If you're going to talk about Great Reset, all these other things, it kind of fits into this narrative. And, uh, you know, I, I we've never seen anything like this in American history. We've never, um, you know, I, I, we're at crazy times, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to be too, I don't want to get carried away, and I don't want to, but. But, but you're going to. You need, well, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. This makes me think, I'll speak for myself. It makes me want to be in a safer place, which I have. It makes me want to be more prepared, which I am in the process of doing. It makes me, you're your own lifeboat. The government is not your lifeboat. The Department of Justice is not your lifeboat. You, your friends, your close circle, your family, hopefully, that may or may not be true. They're your lifeboat and they're your community because the ideological fabric of America is being pulled at with every new crisis, with every new, uh, you know, incident like this, what it means to be American and the United States of America is becoming more and more ununited, more and more un-American. And, you know, it's almost the point, it doesn't matter if it's Barack Obama or who it is. I mean, you're talking about something from what I can tell, so trivial at this point when compared to the, to the actions they took that that's what you're okay. You're, you're going to raid the former president because you think he might have some classified documents that what they, he can't declassify. I mean, I don't get it other than this is just a political stunt again. Well, that's my take. And we haven't even got to the layer of the onion about, all of the raids the FBI has not conducted. Uh, Hunter Biden, Hillary uh, Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Uh, those are two big ones right there. Uh, the election fraud that they didn't seem to want to have any interest in. But we almost don't need to get there because the more this escalates, the less important all these formerly important layers of the onion are. To say there's two justice systems, we're past that. Now everyone's nodding their head. And by the way, you mentioned 25 to 40 percent of the country enraged. I think it might be higher. I think that's a good conservative estimate. There's some interesting polling, and everybody that listens to the show knows that I I follow good polling because I think it's pretty instructive. Um, I say good polling, not not CNN polls, because they are not good. They oversample Democrats massively. Although CNN polls agree with what you're about to say. Yeah, 83 percent of self-identified Republicans say they are more likely to vote in the midterms as a result of this raid. 83%. You can't get 83% of anybody to agree, to agree on, on whether, you know, there's a Y. hamburgers for dinner tonight. If right? there's a Y is the last letter of today, parentheses, every day ends in a Y. So it's, an, it's a stunning number. And, and um, to galvanize the base this way, now this assumes that there's going to be fair elections in in the midterms and of course the midterm elections are are structurally different because you're not having you know the uh, Atlanta elections division um, deciding whether all the electoral votes of Georgia go one way or another so it's going to be more statewide and and congressional district elections it's harder to cheat is my point in those sorts of things well the consequences of the cheating are less but I think that this has got a massive galvanizing effect. One anecdotal example, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a guest on KHNC radio in Colorado on Fridays. And uh, the main host, a guy named Joe Jaquint, great guy. He has always been very neutral to Trump. He's a hardcore conservative, but he's always been pretty neutral to Trump. And he said, and I think there are several million exactly like him. He said yesterday, you know what? I wasn't I wasn't wanting Trump to run for the presidency in 2024. I think we can do better than him. He's kind of a, a gross guy and he's sort of uncivilized and he's a little too coarse for Joe. And I, I would agree that Donald Trump is not the kind of uh, role model I would have for a young man. But anyway, he's and, and Joe Jaquin said, um, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy now. I want him to run. I want him to win. And I want him to start punishing the people who are doing all this nasty stuff to us. So that's a that's a uh, 
focus group of one person, which isn't exactly scientific, but I think there are millions of people that all of a sudden got really serious about wanting Donald Trump to not only be the president, but to clean house because a house cleaning is required. We cannot go on like this yep. anymore. We cannot have something that we tell ourselves is a republic with with constitutional rights when this kind of nonsense goes on. There, there's no other option. We've let it slide. We've let it get worse. We meaning conservatives and, and libertarians and people who care about freedom and, and the republic. You'll notice I didn't say democracy because we're not a democracy. But those of us that care about living in a decent place, we've had it. And, and, and here's another way I'll put it. I was talking to a good friend of mine this morning, Sean Swanson, who's been a guest on the show. He's going to be on in two weeks, by the way. He's a tremendous observer of, of current events. And I said to him, I remember where I was when I heard about the Mar Largo raid. And I said, there are only a handful of news stories in my life that are so important. I remember where mm -hmm. I was when they mm -hmm. happened. And that's what kind of watershed moment we have. So what do you think, Daniel, about the political blowback um, about all of this? Well, I think, you know, I don't know how much on your show that you've talked about the Great, great Reset. Quite a bit. Um, okay. So in that context, I think that the Great Reset is in progress um, mm -hmm. from all indications. I think they're having problems or questions or what were they able to pull off or not pull off. I think you have a divided America that is so distracted by, uh, you know, arguing with each other over Thanksgiving dinner that they can't figure out who the real enemy is. I think this is or can be, as you mentioned, a galvanizing moment. And America needs a galvanizing moment. And those who believe in the Constitution, those who believe in uh, the Declaration of Independence, that we're endowed by God, that we are here in this country and uh, can free to live our lives and treat each other decently and the government should leave them alone otherwise. Those people, if they want the future to look like anything that they imagine in their hearts, that they desire and for themselves and their family, if those people want the future of this country to resemble that at all, they must be galvanized, they must be uh, show some action they must get involved at some level, even if it's you, you must be that right. you must ooze that you must demand that. And when you see things attacking it, you have to, at the very least, at the very least, be vocal, use your mouth to decry these things. This so, is not acceptable. So Daniel, we need to do this to you. Oh my gosh, you're on a great roll oh there and we have to give you the hook every time. So folks, we're going to carry this conversation into the after show for a few minutes and, and talk some more with Daniel. I hope you were inspired as much as I am to recognize how these political, these political uh, uncertain times that are unprecedented affect us directly as preppers. And folks can get a hold of Daniel at newmana.com, N-U-M-A. NNA, like new manna from the Bible out of heaven. Newmana.com is how to get a hold of Daniel, and that's going to be it for the regular yep. show. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.